Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Villanova is looking to step down. 
Uh, he's he told sources the Athletic reported it today that he plans to retire as head coach of the Villanova basketball team. Uh, Kyle Neptune from Fordham is ex- likely to take over. They're saying so. Jay Wright, um, over 500 wins. He's 60 years old. Won two national championships. Put Villanova back on the map uh, in a big way, uh, bringing them their first championship and then winning their next championship in 2016-2018. He's on his way out the door, leaving a, a, a program in great shape, but surprising that he's leaving. TP, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Uh, that's that's shocking. That is very shocking news to hear. Um, me, personally, I can't wait for him to leave because he's been dominating the Big East for quite some time and <laughs> probably the best coach in the Big East at this point in time as well. Um, I know a lot of the kids won't probably go to Villanova anymore because the way that he recruits is, is something that a lot of the, uh, the players look into. Um, the dynamic of Villanova may fall. I think there'll definitely be a team that you got to consider. But this is this is heartbreaking for a lot of people as Wildcat fans and Big East fans alike. But definitely, uh, this is shocking news for this to be, you know, top news in sports. I, I want to say within the past couple of hours or so. Yeah, I mean, it just broke not too long ago, um, and it, it's so it's so fresh. It, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm kind of like I, I still can't wrap my head around it that he's going to leave. He's definitely dominated the Big East. Um, I, 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 he's easily the best coach in the Big East and arguably one of the best coaches in, in, in all of college basketball. Um, you know, leaves, like I said, leaves a great legacy um, at Villanova. It's going to be hard to replace him. Um, but, you know, they've had some great coaches come through with Villanova. Um, so I'm sure, you know, they should be able to pick it up to Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania area. Um, is, is a hotbed to recruit. They've definitely dominated um, that area, and, and you know it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out. It'd be interesting, but great career. Um, if it is true that he's you know, because hopefully it's not a Tom Brady, <laughs> you know, he retires and comes back. I ain't leaving, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But definitely one of the great CP. Um, so I definitely want to hit some news. Um, you know, in, in staying in college basketball, uh, Blanchio, uh, Blanchario, um from Duke is uh, expected, as expected, declares from the NBA draft after one year at Duke. So, um, you know, he's projected, I think, um, as the number two prospect in all of college, uh, or at least in the M- for NBA. Um, so he's gonna uh, he's gonna forego his sophomore year into the draft. Um, TP, do you think he's a number one pick? He has the potential to be the number one pick. I don't know if uh, I think – well, it depends on how the lottery bounces around, but uh, definitely he's a 6'10 talent that can shoot, dribble, put the ball on the floor, defend well. Uh, there, there's nothing you can't take too much away from him other than he, he, he sweats a lot, and uh, that's a condition that they have to worry about to keep him hydrated. But other than that, the guy is phenomenal at what he does, and um, – I'm I'm one I'm considering that one of my my team only goes and get them, but I, I think at least uh, one of the teams in front of us, whether it's Orlando, uh, Houston, uh, there's a third team. I think the the Thunder have the fourth uh, worst record in the league, but um, definitely I think he can go number one easily, no question. 
Yeah, I mean, he's 6'10". Um, he's freakish. So it's the Rockets. It's the Magic. If the balls drop the way they should drop with record-wise. So, and then you're right, the Thunder are four, Pacers, then the Blazers, then the Kings. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, latest mock drafts have Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga, the seven-footer, um, going to the Rockets. Then Jabari Smith from Auburn, who I like. I think he's he's super talented. Um, he, they have him going at number two. Then um, um, Paolo at, at number three to the Pistons. And then your team, the Thunder, Jaden Ivey from Purdue, who's a pretty slick point guard, combo guard. Um, that's who they have at, at four. And then Keegan Murray rounds out the top five for the Pacers from Iowa, the big power forward, who I'd like to. I think he's super talented. I mean, any of those guys you think really should should be the number one pick? Uh, or are you kind of, you know, it's too early to tell? I think the narrative has left Chet Holmgren. Um, he, he's not mm-hmm. that potential to me. I don't think he could flip a team around. I could care less who's there if he – Goes to Houston. I don't think his dynamic brings Houston to be relevant. He's uh, just a tall guy that can actually he can shoot. He can actually go down there and play the post. But as hype as they had him coming out of high school, coming into college, he did not show it. He's not looking like the stud that Paolo's looking like. So um, I, I think that he may not be in that top three or five pick. I think Chet's stock has dropped. Um, that, that's at least one person I think out of the names that were mentioned that doesn't even see fit to be there. I, and he has to gain weight. I'm, I'm sorry. As much as Kevin yeah. Durant got away from it, I don't see the dynamic of, of him being like a KD. I mean, they're built similar, but I think he's a, a little, I can't even say a little, but I think he's skinnier than Kevin Durant. I can't even say a little. It's bad how he looks. Um, I hope teams consider that. If Houston wants to go get him at number one, if that, that's the way the uh, lottery balls fall, then, then so be it. But right now, I, I think from what we've seen in the throughout the season and especially in the, the two tournaments that he played in, uh, he didn't give you guarding numbers to say that this guy's the number one pick in college basketball. So I'm, I'm giving that pushback. Yeah, I agree with you. 14 points a game, you know, he he's – I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would say he weighs soaking wet. At least Kevin has, like, a little bit of shoulder to him. Um, it doesn't look like Chet has much of that to him. So, I agree. I think it's a good situation in Houston because he doesn't have to be the man there. Um, but I agree. I agree. But number one pitch is, pick is a stretch for me. I, I like Smith. I really think he and, and Paolo are, are two guys that I would probably pencil in at the number one pick. Um, I think – I think they're really talented. I think um, – and I think one of the kids from um, Kentucky went back into the draft. Um, oh, it went back to college. Uh, that news just came out today. I can't remember um, the name, who it was, that said that they were going back to improve their draft stock. Even though he, he averaged 17 and 15, um, I got to find it. I got to find it because I, I saw Bernard going into the draft not hiring an agent, uh, the kid from UCLA, but I'm trying to find that. I'm trying to find that um, who who got who who said they're going back. So I'll I'll dig that up um, in a little bit. But yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I I just don't see Holmgren as a as a number one pick. I, I I'm not buying that. So um, no no disrespect to him, but I just I'm not seeing that. So um, 
Interesting. So, yeah, so, you know, a little college basketball. We don't really get to talk. I don't, I don't think we've talked much college. We did talk some, but we don't get to talk a lot of college ball. So, um, always fun to chop it up on the college ranks and, and talk a little draft. But um, one of the dishes I, I had for you, TP, so interestingly enough, I, it, was a, it wasn't really a rumor, but it was, um, was kind of rumbling that two, um, two, two or three wide receivers were looking to get new contracts. So it was um, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, and then um, Debo Samuel. And I, I was, wanted to bring that up today, and I was going to pitch it as, okay, which one of these guys do you think most deserves that big contract, blah, blah, blah. But then news broke that Debo Samuel has demanded a trade out of San Francisco. Um, he won't discuss the details, but he did confirm to um, to ESPN's Jeff Darling that he indeed has demanded a trade, looking to be paid top dollar. Um, interestingly enough, TP, San Francisco had reiterated all off season that they wanted to bring him back. They were willing to pay him. Um, you see a lot of receivers getting top dollar this off season, and these guys want to get into that mix. I think Debo is about the 35th high or 34th highest paid receiver in the league. Um, totally undervalued. I mean, he is easily top 10 um, in the league. So TP, what do you, what do you think about um, Debo Samuel um, requesting a trade out of San Francisco and looking to get paid? Um, there's talks about um, him not being happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I guess uh, there was smoke there with everybody else saying that uh, they need to get rid of Garoppolo. Garoppolo's actually done decent while he was there. I just couldn't win the big game. Um, I think that a lot of the team were trying to rally behind Trey Lance, and they weren't giving Trey Lance the opportunity. Um, and now this time has come that they have actually given Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money, and they're talking about keeping him for another season. And I, I think Debo wants out. I think he's done with what he's seen uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and trying to find greener pastures elsewhere with the teams that they're considering. Um, I hear the Jets are one, the Chiefs are another, yep. and the Lions are another team. There's a fourth team as well. I can't think of them at the time to mention it, but I think it's a total of four mm-hmm. teams that are interested in going after them. Um, and this is very interesting to see that the Lions are finally trying to get their name in the hat after a big name. If they could get him after getting Chark and St. Brown being a, a young guy in Detroit, I would be so happy and content for them to try and get a big name along with Chark. It, 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 it's just stunning that Debo is doing this at this point in time while San Francisco knows they need them. San Francisco is going to have to throw him a big check and calm him down. They're going to have to put him in that range of what uh, Diggs and, and Tyreek got. And he is in that caliber of player, but this is um, – it's unfortunate that, that mm-hmm. this is happening right at the doorstep of the NFL draft as well. Yeah, I mean, I think for him it is good timing because of the, because of the draft. You can probably squeeze out a deal. But I agree with you. I don't know why. And, um, unless it is Garoppolo, to your point, I, I haven't read that. I think that's probably a factor, though. I agree. Um, but I, I would think Garoppolo was on his way out, that Lance was going to be the guy that was going to be the quarterback. But Either way, the Jets have a lot of cap space. Do the Lions have cap space, TP? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you would know if they have a they're, lot they're of cap space. They're saying what they could trade them for is the number two pick. They, they're saying the two or the 32nd pick 
But even still, if they really wanted to give up the second pick to San Francisco and not put their pressure on trying to have to go after Aiden Hutchinson, where nobody in Detroit is really gung-ho on going after one of these uh, defensive ends, then so be it and go ahead and get Debo and we'll have a legit wide receiver court where all of the pressure will be on Jared Goff at this point. So hopefully they can make this happen. Personally, now I'm tired of the analytics stuff. Personally, I want to see Detroit start making moves that make them more credible in this run at trying to be relevant in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the time is now. I mean, listen, the Lions are a long way from being super competitive, but, I mean, the NFC is ripe, right? You got a couple, you got three or four teams that are, you know, legit Super Bowl contenders, and then there's a clear drop-off, right? So, I mean, you got – I don't know about the Cowboys. I think, you know, they might take a step back, but you definitely have the Bucks. You definitely have the Packers. The Rams, you got to, you know, to be the man, woo, you got to beat the man. Uh, and 49ers are right there, right, With if they bring their whole team back. So, you know, the Lions are an interesting team. The Jets are interesting as well, TP, because they have a lot of cap space. They can give him that big contract. It's a weapon that um, Zach Wilson desperately needs, um, you know. But to, to that end, though, I don't – I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers dealt him just because it's a super deep draft for receivers, right? I mean, um, there's you can get a good receiver in the second or third round. So they might take that chance and say, you know what, we'll trade them, we'll get a couple picks, um, and then we, we can replace them with somebody in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But I agree, like the 49ers, if they are willing to pay him, which it sounds like they are, work it out. Um, you know, these receivers, Devontae Adams got $28.5 million. Tyreek got $30 million per year. Um, Stephon Diggs. Um, these receivers now, everyone, everyone wants their check. It's like, you know, they're like quarterbacks, next man up. So, um, Eddie, Debo's not the only one. Terry McLaurin, like I said, he wants to get paid. A.J. Brown wants to get paid. Um, DJ, uh, D.K. Met- Metcalf is a guy that is looking to get paid. His, his paydays are, are is coming up soon. So, and, and the thing that makes Samuel a little bit more difficult for the 49ers is he's a second-round pick, so he doesn't have that fifth-year option, right, um, to get a bigger paycheck. This is his, the final year of his contract, his fourth year. So um, they have to make it work or it's not going to work. Um of the other receivers, TP, I mean, do you think A.J. Brown and McGlorn would would demand a trade out of their respective uh, franchises, and you know, or would they probably get paid where they're at? I think uh, Terry needs to uh, just be patient in his situation because they don't really have a big name receiver like him in in uh, D.C. So I think he's fine. A.J. Brown. Uh, he's in the same situation. They just got rid of Julio, so he's the next guy. So if these guys are, are patient enough to watch the uh, the team kind of show their hand, they might get what they want. So I think both of these guys need to stay pat and, and just be patient and wait on them and don't wait to, you know, see an injury happen. Just play the football that they need to at the end of the day because I think they're both going to end up getting paid respectively. Yeah, I agree. I think McLaurin, he, can, he needs to get paid. Um, he's in a tough situation, though, TP, because he – I guess you could say Brown, too. Um, they, they, I don't feel like they have a quarterback 
um, or a plan at quarterback. So um, McLaurin, he puts up numbers without a really good uh, quarterback. So, um, you know, now they have, now they have um, Carson Wentz, right? But even still, I just, I, I feel like the, at least the commanders have been looking for a receiver a number one for so long and they finally found one. They have to do what they can to keep this kid. I you know, I, I see him twice a year. He is he is really good. He can play. Um he, he he can be a number one on any team. So um they the commanders have to they have to figure out. They have to pay him. Um AJ Brown obviously I think, you know, injuries and stuff is kind of and, and you know, I think Ryan Tannehill a little bit has bogged him down. But you, we know he can play. We know he has the talent. He, he's a freakish athlete. I think he, he he needs to get paid. But it's like the next receiver up now. Like these receivers want their money. They want to get paid. Um, so that's that's basically the, the mo right now. So um, I don't know if you have anything to add on the receivers. Um, we can we can pop over to a little bit of um, a little bit of NBA playoff talk. Uh, whatever you like. Um, I just know that you try to say that we weren't strong, we relevant. They are. They got pieces. They made a big move with DJ Chark. You just be careful what you wish for. We played the Giants this year, so I hope hopefully we go to that game. <laughs> hopefully we go to that game. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. Jada Kiss said it. Get it because you asked for. It. Just know. Now we I definitely we're gonna work it out. Um, we are definitely we definitely have to go to that game. So. Um, that is that's gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, listen, I, I just I'm I, I'm curious about the cast base. Um, you know, they're just not a team. I think they're I think you're a quarterback away. I, I really, I, I I don't know how you feel about golf. I just don't see him being the guy that can lead you on a playoff run. Um, you know, he's just too shaky for me. Um, but I I, I like some of the pieces. I, I like I like some of the pickups you had in this offseason. I really do. So. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that works. But like I said, the NFC, outside of a couple teams, is pretty open. It, you know, the AFC is where the, the competition is at. You know, there's not an easy game in the AFC. There's a couple, but not a lot. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens in the NFC, especially in the NFC North with the Packers uh, losing Devontae. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, call in number 19947 with you for the next 37-plus 30, minutes. Um, I'm watching I'm watching this, the basketball games, TP. Um, Ke- Kevin Durant is getting frustrated. And, and give Boston credit, they are really doing a great job of getting up in his chest and really kind of slapping the ball away from him. I'm not seeing him really dominate the length of, of – uh, Tatum and Brown are really kind of bothering more Tatum than anything, but weak side help really kind of poking at the ball. Boston has a two-point lead, um, really playing some good basketball. Um, they they stole the game in game one. Um, Boston looking to get the split on the road. Um, you know, we got Toronto and Philly at halftime. Toronto's got a 10-point lead. Uh, Boston's up uh, five now. But, um, you know, listen – you know, we'll talk. Let's talk about these games going on right now. Boston, do you think they can um, take this to two zero, or do you think the, the Nets? Which I don't know if you've seen any of the game, but do you think they have what it takes to to, to close this out? Like they they should have closed out game one. 
Yes, I am watching the game, Barry, and uh, I don't know if it's frustration or if Kevin Durant doesn't have it. Kevin Durant mm. did that. Did this in game one and in game two. Forget the frustration of their length. He can't dribble drive at all without turning the ball over. He's right. turning the ball over. This isn't, this isn't them. This isn't Tatum or Brown frustrating him or Marcus Moore, whoever. He's the one messing up right now at the end of the day. So, um I'm not buying that. At the end of the day, Kevin Durant is one of the top five players in the league. He he is losing he's losing ground. Um, this is this is unacceptable in a Boston series where Boston is the better team with uh statistically how the standings have gone, but um Kevin Durant is really making Brooklyn look like the seed that they are as a seventh seed, which I think they definitely should have been uh higher, but uh you see all the disarray with all of the entries. And things that they had to deal with, now it's coming to show right now at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it would be the defense that would be their undoing. Um, but it's really, yeah, Kevin Durant's not playing real good basketball. And, and, and listen, I think, I I do think it's Boston, credit Boston's defense. They are hounding him. They're poking the ball away. I think he had like, I think he's got six or seven turnovers right now. I have to look at his uh, stats a little bit more closely, but it's like he was just—he's just turning into the lane, dribbling it in too deep in the lane, getting the ball poked away. He just looks completely frustrated. Um, I don't know. I'll ask you really quick. Through this game, the first two games through the Boston Nets series, and then the first two and three games of the um, of the Sixers Raptors series, who who struggles surprise you more? Is it Kevin Durant or is it James Harden? Kevin Durant, no question. And the reason why I say that is Kevin Durant is supposed to be, like I said, one of the best players in the league. The reason why I said top five is because he was supposed to be top two or number one with LeBron. And now that LeBron has watched his team lose so much, they are 16 games under 500. LeBron has basically watched his name move out of that column. And Kevin Durant, regardless if Kyrie's out there or not, or James Harden was with him, he's supposed to be able to carry this team as best as he can. And right now, when it's crunch time, the money that he's getting paid for right now, he looks bad. And this was happening before getting in the fourth quarter. Before they got in the fourth quarter, they looked bad. So at this point in time, mm-hmm. there's no excuse for him. Right now. Kevin Durant can't dodge his bullies. He's dodged it way too many times. And right now, while they need to get out of this first round, even though I think Boston will end up winning this series, Kevin Durant is going to end up looking like LeBron James. And when I say looking like LeBron James, Kevin Durant is going to end up leaving Brooklyn. I'm sorry to say that. He will end up leaving Brooklyn because they can't get a team around him. I don't think he will retire in that. It won't happen. Where do you think he would go? Um, There's two places. He go back home to D.C. and finish at home, mm-hmm. or he can go where it all started. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, listen, he's not having he's, – he's got 21 points, but like I said, the six turnover is really uncharacteristic of his game. He's like a minus six right now. Kyrie Irving not having a really good game uh, offensively, uh, only 10 points, uh, four of 11 shooting. So um, their stars are struggling, but they're only down by five. So, I mean, hopefully they can po- get it together. Um, but, you know, give Boston credit. They're a good basketball team. Uh, really good defensively. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, the the defensive player of the year, um, beating out some some good competition. 
Uh, I think he's one of the first perimeter players to win it in a while. So uh, congrats to him. He's frustrating them. Um, listen, they're, Boston's a good team. They're a dangerous team. They're 51 and 31 for a reason. They've played excellent defense in the second half. Uh, the Sixers, they're out of halftime uh, down by six. Joel and B, I mean, seven points on only, he only took five shots in the first half. Like, he's got to turn it on. Um, Harden's having a solid game so far, 14 points on five of nine shooting, but Embiid's got to be Embiid, especially on the road. I mean, on the road in the playoffs, you don't expect your secondary and third players to have great games. Like, I would think Maxi and Harris wouldn't play as well on the road as they would at home. So your stars have to be stars, right, especially on the road. So, I mean, that's what I'm seeing from Embiid, but give give the Raptors – Credit. They're playing some really good basketball. Um, you know, Siakam with 12 points, Trent Jr. with 15 points. I mean, I don't know if you flip into that game a little bit. I, ha- I watched a little bit um, between commercials, but I'm really kind of more focused on the Nets game. Um, anything you've seen so far in this series that has um, Maxie's been terrific, 30 points per game in the series tonight. Like I said, he's only got uh, 10 points so far. Um, but he's been terrific. Harris has been playing some good basketball. It looked like, uh, you know, they were going to run away with this series or at least have a gentleman sweep a five game a four, uh, win in five games. What do you see in the Sixers-Raptors series? Uh, exactly what I feel like was supposed to happen. Um, they're going to play this home-at-home stuff, and especially with Tybo not being able to go up to Canada, I feel like Toronto has – the momentum going into that building with another player off of the mm-hmm. roster that they don't have to worry about to try and win the game. If Toronto lets Philly come back in this game and win game three, they're going to get swept. So I think they're going to do everything that they can to feed off of that crowd to make this a 2-1 situation and go back 2-2. Uh, Philadelphia has to show themselves. I can care less if Harden has 14 points. He has to go in there and dominate while they're down a gun. And they, that's almost like an injury, and he's not injured. So being uh, uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant, both of these guys are in the same situation where they have to step up for their teams. They're not. Uh, they're falling asleep at the wheel. So um, superstar or not, they have to do better. And uh, I don't want to put all of this on Joel Embiid's back because Embiid has done a lot, but Embiid could do more by going to the block and, and getting them in foul trouble. He won't. He'd rather settle up and tee up for jump shots and seven foot three and 300-plus pounds when he could get all of them in foul trouble. Nobody – on Toronto can D them. They're all six foot eight. Like I don't, you're helping them shooting jump shots. No, you're absolutely right. Like and B, if you're an MVP candidate, you got to play like it. And you know he needs to take over the game and get this team back. I agree with you with Harden. I, I, you know, ever since that hamstring injury, he just hasn't been the same. I'm watching him. I think it was game two where he was he was you know dribble dribbling. And usually he could make that 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 crossover and, and go to his right and blow right by you. He wasn't doing it. He wasn't explosive enough. I don't know if it's age, he's getting older, or if it was the hamstring injury, but um, he just doesn't look like he can dominate the way that we're used to seeing him dominate. Um, he, and, and they didn't bring him in to be, you know, like a – another player like they brought him in to be Robin to and beats Batman. Do you think he has that in him or is, is the injuries a little bit too much at this point? Wait, repeat the question again. I'm sorry. Repeat that. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you think Harden can be Harden? I don't expect Harden to be the guy that he was in Houston. 
right? But do you think he can elevate his game enough to get this Sixers team on a run? Because, they, I mean, they're not going to need him in the first round, per se, but the second round, the Eastern Conference or the finals, they need Harden to be a better version of himself right now. Do you think he has it in him? Um, I don't know. I, I the, the tough part about this is, is yes, he does have it in him, but he's older. And at this point, I think the dynamic of Philly is to keep everybody involved. He can't play that hero ball. He can't. Mm-hmm. If Rescue Ball, uh, him and MB are the only guns that you really look forward to. Tyrese Maxey's been actually stepping up, so they got to keep him in the game. If they fall into a situation where mm-hmm. they do start playing hero ball, I think it ruins the dynamic of Philadelphia. So they can't have him play like that. He can't. Yeah, I think the biggest problem was one of the, well, not problem, but the the biggest downside of that trade was when they had to let Seth, Seth Curry go, um, because he's a he's a floor spacer. And, and a guy that Harden can kick it to and hit that open shot and, you know, space the floor. They don't really have that shooting outside of Maxi and, and, and Harris, who's really streaky for me. Um, so I think, if anything, if it doesn't work out this year, and they do, they have to bring him back. They need shooters. They need to bring shooters around them, three and D guys. But, um, yeah, I just don't know, man. I, just, I think that hamstring injury is a lot worse than we thought. Um, he just doesn't look explosive. He doesn't look like he can make moves. Um, so we'll see, um, you know, calling number nine, two, nine, four, seven, seven, two, seven, five, nine, the call is cook out. It's just me and TP on the grill tonight. Um, you know, obviously our, our show is brought to you by PHI apparel, uh, go to PHI apparel, use the promo code chefs for 15% off when you shop online at PHI apparel.co that's PHI apparel.co. Um, speaking of hamstrings, um, Devin Booker left game two uh, against um, against the Pelicans with a mild hamstring strain. It's going to cause him to miss game three and game four. The Pelicans uh, pulled that game out to even the series at 1-1. Um, you know, a huge finish um, after Booker went down, uh, won that game 125-114. to 114. Um, Pelicans are a feisty little team with, with McCollum and, and company. Um, you know, I don't know if they can win this series, but they're they're a feisty team. And now without Booker, it's going to get a little harder for the Suns um, to, to weather that storm. So I, I expect them to win this series, but TP – What's your handicap with this series now without Booker for the next two games? And obviously, I don't know if they can make a deep run. You know, how far do you think they can go if this hamstring injury lingers for the uh, for Devin Booker? If New Orleans does this right, Phoenix could be in trouble and down 3-1 in this series. Mm. Um, who do they have to come in at the two-guard position to deal with C.J. McCollum? C.J. McCollum has not had a good game yet. He's put up 20 in both of those games, but it's like you're going to get him to make 10 baskets. If he falls off and has a bad day, I don't think New Orleans could do it. But if if he actually takes this personal and plays like they're back at home and uses that momentum of the crowd, they could end up beating the Suns that won the Western Conference last year as an eight seed. And this is almost as embarrassing as when the Knicks beat the Heat when they were eight seed beating a one seed. So, um, the Suns better take care of this situation. 
they're going to need Chris Paul to seal the deal. This is Chris Paul's time to uh, basically be the point guard that everybody's going to imagine him to be like, you know, Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, you know, all of the point guards. Of Mag- I can't even throw him in the magic stratosphere, but this is a series that he's going to have mm-hmm. to win without his two guard. They have enough pieces around him. He's got to be able to use them to win this series. Um, this is tough. Uh, this is going to be real tough without Devin Booker, where I think they were a clear-cut edge to win it. Um, but now with them stealing one in uh, Phoenix, if New Orleans could get game three, all of the pressure in the world is on Phoenix to steal game four, all of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I think Brandon Ingram is huge. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that can really, you know, turn the tide of this game. But I agree, Hint. Uh, Chris Paul and and DeAndre Aiden have to step it up. They have to be that one-two punch and and really kind of, you know, listen. They got deaf. Monty Williams is a great coach, um, but you know, losing your number one gunner is going to be tough. But th- if the, if there's a team that can weather that storm, it's got to be, it's got to be the Suns, right? Um, so we'll see what happens. But like I agree. Listen, Chris Paul, he. A lot of people put him in that top five point guard of all time. I have him just out. Sometimes I move him in. Sometimes I take him out. Um, he's in that conversation with John Stockton. To your point, um, he's got to he's got to get a chip to get out of that and and really get into that to really solidify himself in that top five, right? At least for me, um, I, I don't want to say legacy on the line, but you know I feel like this is his best opportunity to get that chip. Do you, I hope, do you think it could slip away? Like if, you know, it doesn't go right. If the, like you, like you said, the Pelicans put up a, a, a two spot and, and they're down three, one. If they go down three, one, I think the Suns lose the series. The Suns will lose the series. I don't think they have that Cleveland coming back from being down three, one or, the Golden State Warriors being down 3-1, like, I, I don't think that's in them. I don't feel Phoenix. Like I said, like, of course we've had glimpses of Booker going off and scoring at an alarming clip, but like I said, what we see is what we get. I don't see Booker getting any better than what we have. We've seen him put up 70 points before. So, like, he has the ability to score, but defensive, uh, defensively is the question mark that we're still waiting to see if he could get it done. And also, with him being out for these next two games, he's not going to be in game shape unless they keep him on a bike. And I don't think that's smart for them to be playing around with that hamstring. So, again, this is something that uh, Chris Paul, I think his tip is about to sell. If he can't get them to win a championship this year, I, I, I don't think he'll ever get back here. So, this could be tough with the Pelicans looking to be the spoiler. It would really hurt if Zion really laced up the shoes because they would have a legit one through five on the floor. If Zion could just go out there and just go out there and play 17 to 20 minutes, he don't even have to give them – the full run. At least you're giving them another player to go out there and, with, and play. They're actually going out there sometimes in sets with Jackson Hayes and Joe, uh, Jonas Valentunas is out there on the, same, on, the, on the floor at the same time. So that could save at least Hayes, you know. So um, hopefully Zion get back into the fold and make this even more of an incredible feat for Phoenix to try to accomplish. I mean, what is what is the deal with Zion? Like he said, he, from what I'm hearing, he wants to play, but they don't think he's able or fit to play. Like, I mean, do, I mean, I don't know if you probably know a little bit more than I do. Like, do you think he should be out there? And th- th- does it sound like he wants to be out there? Like, 
I, I just don't I, understand. I think they're sitting on them. I think they're sitting on them. Mm. I think they don't want to, like, you know, mess with them getting injured or things like that. Um, but enough is enough. Either he doesn't want to play with them and wants to go to New York or something, but his stepfather's up here like he will play in the playoffs. Like, what are they doing? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, yeah. enough is enough, Zion. You're in your third season. You miss more time due to injury. And everybody's wondering if you want to be in New Orleans or not. This this is incredible that this is the way that this looks with you on a roster uh, where some people could potentially look at you as calling you a bust because of all this injury situation, which I don't feel that's fair. But if you're not going to play at this point in time, I mean, what are you going to do? I agree. Like, I don't I, – I, in my heart, don't feel like he wants to be there. But, you know, I feel like he, he, he's showing he can play because he's doing 360 dunks. But, like, it's just a, a total disconnect between the team and him. Like, you're right, his dad coming out there, you know, saying he will play. It's crazy to me. It's insane to me. Um, so, but I got I to gotta bring up one thing. I, wanted, I definitely wanted to chat with you on the, 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 uh, the Mavs-Jazz. I mean, game two. <sighs> okay. Are you more disappointed that the Jazz lost that game or more surprised that the Mavericks won that game without Tim Hardaway and Luka Doncic. I mean, you know, Brunson went off for 41, but I mean, are you are you su- more surprised that the Jazz lost or or that the Mavs won? Uh, I, I'm more surprised the Jazz lost that game. This is why the Jazz will never win a uh, championship. They won't. Um, as good as Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell is, they um, rely on him too much to come up with big basket after big basket where the matchup is in his favor and he can't bring it home. Um, I'm feeling bad at this point in time for at least Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert himself. There's nobody to work with Rudy to work on like a post game. He just out there to play defense. Uh, there was times where they had six foot eight, six foot nine guys on him and he's literally next to the rim. He's trying to finger roll the ball and he's missing a layup like dunk the ball. This looks like Patrick Ewan against the, the Pacers that year when he was at the rim and laid oh. the ball up, dunk the ball. Like, so this is, this is a <laughs> harmful situation for them because you're going to get the Jazz to break up and y'all resign Rudy. Y'all didn't sign Spider Mitchell. Y'all may end up losing Spider mm-hmm. Mitchell and this could get ugly. So um, I, I don't think they can p- compete in the Western Conference. Um, Luke is going to end up coming back. I would attack Luka. They better win the next two games in Utah. If not, if they could, if Dallas could get them to split, it's over for Utah. Utah's out of there, and they're going to have to move pieces. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, Donovan, I, I don't want him in Utah anymore. I mean, I agree with you. Utah will never win. I, I'll, I'll double down on that. They will never win because it's just – Spider has to do it all himself, it feels like. It, you know, he's the only killer on that team. This is a regular season team. This isn't a playoff-built team, right? Um, you're right. Rudy, it's four on five when Rudy Gobert is on offense. He, got, he has no offensive game. I mean, Giannis was a terrible offensive player. He, he's dominant on the offensive end. And, you know, he's still not as skilled as, like, Kevin Durant. But, like, you know, 30, 40 points later – He's 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 going crazy on you. I mean, I'm not saying Rudy Gobert can be on that level, but I mean, to your point, like dunk the ball or something. I, I feel like Rudy Gobert is going to be one of the guys. Yeah, man, they got to trade him. Like, I, I just, if if they want to keep Spider, they got to trade Rudy Gobert because he's a liability 
on the offensive end. And then just the perimeter defense in general was horrible, horrible. They were not getting out to shooters. They were leaving guys wide open. They could stand there, dribble for a little bit, and then shoot. It was, it was a horrible performance. Give, give Dallas credit. Brunson, like I said, had a brilliant game. I want him in New York in the worst way. I hope I don't see it happening now. I think, you know, it would be a sign and trade. I don't know why Dallas would do that unless, you know, hey, we'll give you Julius Randle, give us uh, Brunson, you know, you know, we could do that. But still, um, give them credit. They, they played, they played their tails off. They played really good um, and, and hit open shots. But Utah, man, they just, it's just, they frustrate me without end. They just will not win. Um, they won't win. They just won't win. It's just, it's impossible for me. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I really hope Spider doesn't stay there much longer. Um, the Raptors are up only by five right now. Um, the Sixers trying to, to make a little push to get back in the game. Harden, 16 points, six rebounds, eight assists. Um, we got the Bucks and Bulls tonight. Um, that's the 9:30 game on TNT. TP, do the Bulls have a chance? Do they have a chance to win this game or this in, um, in the series? They they have to win tonight. If they don't win tonight, I feel like they're a potential sweep. Um, I, I feel like Milwaukee will go in Chicago and have their way up there. They're not that far. It's only a 45-minute drive. I've been to Milwaukee and Chicago at the same time, driving from Chicago to Milwaukee. Uh, you know, former founder of this network, Mark Mosley, uh, been out there with him. Um, so just, just knowing mm. – how close they are. A lot of the Milwaukee Bucks fans could travel down that highway getting to Chicago. And uh, the Bulls, they look bad without Lonzo Ball. Like, like I mean, they made it an interesting game, but they need all hands on deck. There's too many possessions where they're leaving empty-handed, especially at this point in time where I feel like Milwaukee's more vulnerable this season than they were last season. If they mm-hmm. could actually steal a game in Milwaukee, we got a great series that could be ahead of us. But I feel like Milwaukee has basically tasted their worst punch, and uh, I feel like they can still overcome this. So um, Chicago has to get it together this game, game two, and uh, try to steal this one out of Milwaukee. If not, they could be in uh, potential in front of a broom. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see the Bucks. I mean, the Bulls um, having a shot against the Bucks. I I like what I'm seeing from Milwaukee. I think down the stretch they played probably the best basketball. Um, in the Eastern Conference, they were more consistent than the Heat. I think the Heat, you know, had a lead, so they were able to get that one seed. But I thought the Bucks were playing a little bit better basketball. I thought the I thought the Bulls could give them a series, um, you know, because I think they had played them tough during the regular season. But to be honest, I I just I don't see it. I think you're right. Alonzo Ball has to be on the court. He has to play at a high level, and it's just, I don't see it. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm. It's gonna listen. I think Milwaukee. Um, they I think they're they're playing with house money because they got their chip last year, but they're looking to show that you know we deserve it. We're that good. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how that 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 works out, but. Um, you know, and then the other game from yesterday, um, the early game, the Heat and Hawks. The, the the Hawks got up early on the Heat, but the Heat stormed back. Uh, had a big third quarter. Uh, Jimmy buckets. Um, you know, sealed the deal. Forty-five points. Like he has some good playoff games. So when he goes off, 
he goes off. And he went off last night, 45 points, five rebounds, five assists. Um, I, th- I think the injuries with the Hawks are, are probably the reason why they won't win this game. Um, I think, you know, seeing John uh, Collins come back was a, was a nice lift for them, I, I think especially early. But um, missing um, Capella, it, it hurts. That really hurts. Do you think the Hawks have a chance to make this a series, or do you think the Heat, um, with all their weapons, I think, um, I think, well, it hasn't been announced yet. I think it's uh, Tyler Hero. She probably will be the um, sixth man of the year. I, I would, I, he would get my vote. But do you think the, the Hawks have a chance to make this a series against the Heat? No, uh, I think the Hawks may end up holding home court. Um, I think they have the potential to lose a game there. But, it, you know, I think a, lo- a ton of that pressure is on Atlanta at this point in time. Uh, Miami lost the season uh, or the series last year against Milwaukee really bad. Um, they have to have that mm. bitter blood taste at the tip of their lip. And especially the way that the season went with Spolstra and Butler arguing, I think Butler knows what's on the line right now at this point in time. He's been through different scenarios. <gasps> different organization and uh, it hasn't worked for him so I think now at this point in time Jimmy Butler has to be all in or nothing at this point in time and I really think uh, Miami at least gets out of this series uh, no better than six games I really think this could be a sweep or five but um, Trey Young has a lot of pressure to get this ball rolling especially without Capella Capella's been big he's a defensive anchor him not on the floor it actually cripples the Hawks at this point in time I don't think the Hawks have a shot without him yeah, Capella makes such a difference. He can kind of stay with Anabio. He's a great pick-and-roll weapon with uh, Trey Young. But, listen, nothing makes me happier than to see uh, Trey Young lose. So, <laughs> you know, the villain in me, I, I, you know, he's not a real villain. He's like a punk villain. Um, but, no, listen, seriously, um, I, I, I agree with you. That, that series from last year, I think, left a bitter taste in their mouth, too. Um, the Heat are they're hungry. Jimmy Butler's a dog, man. He when he wants to, and usually he does. He 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 take he's no mercy. He'll come after you. He'll he'll take your heart. Kyle Lowry's a smart veteran guard. Um, I like this Heat team uh, at least to win this series. I think it's a gentleman's sweep. I think they I think the, they'll get one game that the Hawks will, but it's a gentleman's sweep. It's going to be in five. Um, you know, it's not going to be really a close series, and then and that's it. So, um, but you know, whew, you know, second round, they would have to. It would be tough for if 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 the Sixers get past the Toronto, which I I, I think they will. Um, Sixers Heat, that'll be tough, man. So you know, we'll see we'll see if that you know we got we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but you know. Obviously, that's a big one. The last series, um, before we get out of here, TP Timeless, Mr. Timeless, um, the Grizzlies and Wolves. So the Grizzlies came back, put a hurting on the Timberwolves after um, everybody thought that, the you know, the Timberwolves might upset the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, uh, you must have forgot, we're still that team. John Morant had almost a triple-double, um, you know, 23, um, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. He looked brilliant. Um, what do you think about this series? Um, do you do you, do you like what the um, the Grizzlies their bounce back win? Do you think that the Timberwolves are still in the series? What do you got? 
these next two games mean everything, but this game three is definitely pivotal. If Memphis could go mm-hmm. in there and steal game three, I think they're back in the driver's seat. If Minnesota steal uh, game three at home, I-, I think Memphis may lose this series. This may be the biggest upset in quite some time if Minnesota can steal this from Memphis. Uh, Memphis and Minnesota actually match up well. The one advantage goes to Minnesota. Memphis doesn't have a big that could deal with Cat. Cat can stretch this out. Yeah. It makes Stephen Adams look very vulnerable. Uh, he's actually a lost cause on the floor. He's been on the bench wearing a long t-shirt, a long sleeve t-shirt, not being able to play because he can't step out there and defend the perimeter, especially Cat with Pack a dribble by him and finish at the rim. So this is bad if Minnesota steals this from Memphis. This potentially could be the upset of the uh, the entire playoff. Yeah, he's a matchup nightmare. I love watching Cat because he's a better shooter than I gave him credit for. Um, I thought he was a good shooter, but, you know, obviously went in a three-point contest. He's a, he's a darn good shooter. And um, you're right, Stephen Adams can't – he can't stay with him on the perimeter. He can go right blow right by him. So, um, I don't know. I think they've probably put um, Tillman on him or, you know, probably Clark try to, try to – um, Try to, to stay with Cat. I know. Do, have you watched who who who's been guarding Cat in this series other than Adams? Oh, uh, they've been putting Triple J, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., and he's out of position trying to defend him. Being a a legit right. smaller power forward or a big small that you're putting him there because he's long enough to defend, but he's smaller than Cat, and Cat's been dunking all over him. He's looking bad, so. Minnesota has them at their mercy, especially being a lower seed. Um, if they don't fix this immediately, um, Memphis could get upset. It even though they came out in one game two, they had to. Every I'm not even worried about that score. They had to go out there and win that game and use the momentum of everything with the crowd on their sides. Mm-hmm. I want to see what game three looks like. If Minnesota is able to win that game, my uh, Memphis is in a lot of trouble. I think they may end up losing the series. Wow, that's crazy because you know a lot of people like Minnesota. Um, I think they're a good – I mean, Memphis, I'm sorry. A lot of people like Memphis. I think they're a really good team. They they showed a lot to me when Morant went down the last, you know, a couple of weeks of the season, um, not really missing a beat. But you're right. Minnesota is a dangerous team. They're 10 games over 500. They're a good ball club. I like what um, – I like what Cat's done. Obviously, I think, you know, Edwards, you know, he's he's just different. Right, he he is just different, and um, you know I thought he had a good rookie campaign, but really built on that this year. Um, you know Russell, uh, I think finally found a place where he could fit in, and Beverly's a tough de- tough de- perimeter defender that brings that kind of um, veteran leadership and moxie to this team. They're you're right, they're a dangerous team. If they they, I I think they should split at home. Um, but if they take care of business at home, I agree with you. Memphis is in trouble. Memphis can be in a lot of trouble, and it can it goes really quick. It swings on a dime. So, um, you know, we'll definitely we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, I think that's all the series, right? I think that's all the series. Um, we we kind of touched on each one. It's it's interesting the first round. Uh, Brooklyn obviously losing that game one fourteen to one oh seven, so they're down two zero. Um, I don't know if they can win four out of five against this uh, Celtics team. I don't see it happening, TP. Um, do you, I mean, do you do you think they they can do that? Do you think they can pull out a um, 
four out of five against Boston? Um, I would hope so for Kevin Durant's sake. If not, I'm going to be paralyzing him uh, in the next couple of talks that I'll be talking about Kevin Durant. It won't be safe for him. Uh, he's dodged enough bullets, yeah. and this was LeBron James that we used to pick on, on him not being able to get out of this round or win this championship. Kevin Durant left Golden State where he was in a golden situation just so he could prove that he didn't need Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And now look, karma is killing him, killing him. Yeah, he can't dodge a bullet. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're right. You're right. We killed LeBron. We got to put Durant in that same class. And he followed his buddy Kyrie to Brooklyn. Um, probably should have stayed in Golden State to get more chips, but it was like damned if he did, damned if he didn't, because we were killing him for going to Golden State in the first place, and now people are killing him for leaving that situation when he could have got more rings. So it's like he he was going to lose either way. But um, you're right. Listen, if he if he doesn't get out of this first round, um, I don't, I don't think the position that Brooklyn was in is his fault because when they were 30, 36 and nineteen with him in the lineup or something like that, um, when he went got when he went down with the injury, this team fell apart. Um, but yeah, we got to hold him accountable, just like we're trying to hold Harden accountable for not being you know playoff big and, and get that chip. So um, it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting turn of events. We'll see what happens, but. TP, you know, almost out of here. Anything you want to, you know, put on the grill real quick? Maybe a little snack before we get out of here? No, I mean, we basically covered the majority of the heavy stuff. I mean, we'll get through a lot of stuff throughout the week, um, especially with baseball brewing, um, a lot of unfortunate situations going on, a lot of people playing good ball. Your Mets are looking good out there, too. So shout-out to the people in the toilet bowl, <laughs> a.k.a. Flushing, that are actually playing good ball out there. But, no, I'm pretty much set with everything that we covered. TV guy jokes. I am not a Met fan. Okay, and they're losing. He is smaller than Sports City. If y'all understand what he has, he has Mets back, all type of paraphernalia. I am not lying. Shy, if you can hear me, tell me if I'm lying. Uh, no, she can't hear you. I put her to bed. Um, okay, listen, you love listen. me. <laughs> no, listen. I grew up a Met fan. Everybody knows that. My dad was a Met. Is fan. it good? This is all like Sports City. No further questions, Your Honor. I was, I, yeah, I was, was a child. Oh, no, no, I it's okay. Yeah, Shout out to the Jordan Foundation. I love the Jordan family with my heart, with my heart. That is my I family know. for real. So I finally got Barry to tell the truth. Listen, in the movie, The Negotiator, Samuel Jackson said, <laughs> I'm getting too close to the truth, and they want to take my blood. So, so understand, sports, this is for y'all. <laughs> Yeah, this is fine. Great movie. Uh, love the negotiator. Um, um, listen, um, shout out to my dad. You know, praying for him. You know, things not going too great. But um, listen, he he raised me a Mets fan. I rebelled, became a Yankee fan in '91. Haven't looked back since. So there you go. But um, listen, shout out to PHI Apparel for sponsoring the show. Um, the the boys are back at it. We'll have the NFL show next week on the draft next week. So I don't, I don't know, TP, are we going to do a show Thursday um, for the draft? Or are we, you know, we're going live or are we just doing the preview? Uh, we could do it. Or we just probably have to connect with some of the people that we can make this a good round table while the draft is going on and probably see if we could go as long as two or three hours if we can to try and do it as, as simultaneous okay. as the picks go down. But we'll talk about it throughout the week. 
Absolutely. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so we'll do that. But um, obviously, TP, you got your show Sunday, the Sunday brunch. Um, definitely check that out. I'll probably pop in. Um, you know, you know, I won't be um, go headed out to uh, to church, so I'll try to pop in if I can. But you know, you don't need me. You always do a great job on that show. Um, like I said, the baseball buffet next week. Um, we got the callers cookout again next Wednesday. TP Timeless and the villain. Um, you know, get to the website, the blog, the interview. You know all that good stuff. Get the merch. TP, you know what to do. Get us out of here, bro. Always a pleasure doing the show with my big bro. 137chefs.com. Check out the website, the interview, the blog, the shift. We got stuff going on all week long. Please stay tuned to all of the, the media networks that we have rolling around. We are so focused, especially with NFL draft coming around, MLBs rolling along, and, of course, NBA playoffs are here. And I, I am an NHL guy. Go blue shirt to AKA the Rangers. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chef again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chef. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Okay. Uh-huh.